2: slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome on into Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Thanks for joining us on a Tuesday edition of the show. A lot of BYU football to get to today. I was at BYU football practice yesterday observing things, talking to players and coaches. We'll get to some of that audio and some of my observations here in this first segment. May even carry over into the second segment pending how long we go. We'll also get you caught up on everything else going on in BYU sports as we always do at the end of the show. BYU baseball and softball both in action tonight. So there's a lot to get to on today's show like we always do a reminder for you guys you can get the locked on cougars podcast on the brand new podcasting app himalaya as well as google podcast apple podcast spotify and stitcher radio essentially anywhere you can find podcasts we are there to be found check it out guys and also when you get in your car tell your smart device plug it in and tell it to play podcast locked on cougars so that way you're always in the know when it comes to byu sports With that, let's get going. This is the Locked on Cougars podcast for March 26th, 2019. All right, guys, I'm Jay catcher your host here on Locked On Cougars. Thanks for joining me on a Tuesday edition of the show. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah, covering BYU as in-depth as anybody. I am your resident BYU insider. Thanks again for taking the time to download the show. A lot to get to on today's podcast. We're out at BYU football practice, practice 13, if my math is correct, of 15. They have two more practices today and Thursday. The media's final opportunity to watch the Cougars in action this spring will be on Thursday, and you'll hear from Kalani Satake here in just a minute. He talked about what he's planning with Thursday. He says there's going to be a lot more live action for young players on Thursday. It's kind of a springboard into the offseason, the player-run practices portion of the year, where coaches can't have contact with the players or work with them on the field but the players kind of run things. So you'll hear from Kalani Satake here in a moment. We'll also get to some comments from Aaron Roderick as well. A lot of reaction to their spring scrimmage on Saturday. So plenty of audio to get to for you. But wanted to start off with some of my observations from practice during the open media portion yesterday. And I got to start with Gunnar Romney looks legit. And I don't want to hype him up too much because injuries can always play a factor. They played a factor last year for him. I had a chance to speak with him Along with some of the other media. I think you'll hear Lauren McLean's voice. She works for BYU TV in this short interview with Gunner yesterday. But he led the team in receptions and receiving yards in that spring scrimmage. He has been a standout all spring long. Uh, multiple people connected with the program believe he is a true number one, and Austin Colley type of player, and they're hoping he can prove that on the field this fall. That would be a big development for BYU if, if that is absolutely the case. I feel like they've got a good core of complementary targets, like Anil Pau, Aleva uh, Hifo when he comes back from injuries, one of those guys, Talon Shumway, etc. But they need a true alpha dog, a leader. Uh, Micah Simon was a guy that some people hyped up, including myself, last year leading up to the season. But he hasn't really proven to be the true number one. He's a good complementary player. So if Gunnar Romney can truly be that number one, I think it would be a big boon to what BYU is trying to do. So here's Gunnar. We talked to him yesterday after practice. Here are his his thoughts on the scrimmage and also going forward in terms of his health, etc., Coming off that spring game, that's what we call it, but how did you feel you performed personally?
3: Um, I feel like I did pretty good. Um, it was it was a good game coming off a uh, good spring ball, my first spring ball here. I feel like it was a time to, to really show uh, what I've been working on my offseason. And so I feel like I came out. There was a couple minor things that I could fix, but it was a, it was a good gauge to see where I'm at, uh, kind of see, see how I'm doing against uh, some competition out there. But I feel like I did pretty well.
2: How much healthier are you feeling this spring as compared to what you were in the
3: fall? A hundred times better. Coming in the fall, I was plagued by injuries. Didn't really get healthy till midway through the season. So it felt great coming off a of full uh, off-season workouts, fully healthy, feeling fresh, feeling good. Just feel like night and day.
2: When you Last year you were kind of almost an underdog because you were not fully healthy, but you came in and did some great things during the season. How do you feel now that
4: you could be and kind of are turning into one of the guys on the wide receiver core?
3: It's kind of a confidence booster. Um, coming in last season, I was able to do some things, even though I was uh, still kind of held back by some injuries and it was my freshman season. So now I have a little bit of experience under my belt, and I, I know what I need to work on this off season. So it's kind of uh, it's kind of exciting to see how the season goes, uh, hopefully staying healthy the entire season and uh, knowing what needs to be done. It's been like working with your brother. It's been an awesome experience, uh, coming every every single day, getting extra work with him, watching film with him, studying plays with him. Um, I think it's kind of helped both of us out because we, we motivate each other and we get each other to work extra. So it's, it's been a really cool experience. There you go, Gunnar Romney.
2: And the wide receiving core for BYU in spring has been a very good uh, core of wide receivers. You'll hear an interview later this week with wide receivers coach Fessy Sitake where he talks about it. It's one of the position groups, barring um, Hifo, they've been actually pretty healthy. So the wide receiving core from what we've seen from BYU has actually done a lot. So it's been very impressive to see what the Cougars are getting done in terms of just the wide receivers work. Yesterday I was very impressed with the Dax Milne did on the field. He continues to just produce. He's not necessarily the most athletic kid, but he just gets open. He has sure hands. He catches the ball a converted quarterback as well who flashed yesterday was Talmadge Gunther I played quarterback at Lone Peak High School there in Alpine and he came to BYU hoping to play quarterback but he's made the transition to wide receiver and he had a nice catch across the middle from Jaron Hall if I recall correctly that he showed his athleticism a lot of people wondered where he would end up on the field because quarterback wasn't I think a long-term proposition for him but he showed very well at wide receiver so Like I said, the wide receiving core for BYU is coming along nicely. I feel like this offense showed a lot in that spring scrimmage. The wide receiving core leading the way in that regard. Uh, The running back position groups continues to be a question mark. Yesterday during the media portion, we did not see either Lopini Katoa or Kavika Fanua. I can report that Lopini Katoa was carted off the field last week with a leg injury. Um, some of the some concern about that, but Kalani Sitake, you'll hear in a minute, I asked him about um, injury concerns, and he said no surgeries are planned for the injuries, speaking of guys like Tristan Hodge, Lopini Katoa, and Kavika Fanua wasn't out there yesterday, I'm sure it's just more of a load thing, trying to get him healthy, keep him healthy, and get him to the season, so yesterday, we saw Tyler Algier take the bulk of the carries with the first team offense, we also saw Sione Finau and Morgan Piper taking some reps as well, so the running back group continues to be a work in process work in process work in uh, whatever I'm trying to say excuse me but we'll talk to AJ Stewart later this week as well hopefully and get some of his thoughts on how the the running backs have progressed through fall camp and I'm interested to get his evaluation of it because there's been a lot of rumors about Tyson Williams from South Carolina being a grad transfer etc and it's never a done deal toll, it's a done deal. We'll see how that shakes out. He was reportedly visiting Western Kentucky this past weekend. But by all reports, and according to people close to the program, it's pretty much down for Tyson Williams to BYU or Florida State. Those are the top two contenders for his services. His family really liked BYU. They've got a military background. So they like the structure and kind of the the rules that BYU goes by, the honor code, et cetera. They're okay with it. We'll see if he's able to um, decide that BYU is the right fit right Fit for him. All right, let's get to it. I've been promising it. Here is Kalani Satake's comments from practice yesterday. We talked a lot about uh, reaction after watching the film to the spring scrimmage. We talked about injuries. Also talked a little bit about Jaron Hull and the quarterback. So here you go, Kalani Satake after practice yesterday.
0: Anything stand out
3: after
5: watching the film of the scrimmages? Yeah, it was. Um, I mean, obviously, you get to see all all, all uh, eleven guys on both sides of the ball in their their assignments, and I thought um, really good competition. I was really pleased with the way our guys played. We had some um, easy shots, especially on the quarterbacks, and our guys laid off. and It was basically the NFL sack, you know. So uh, that was nice that our guys were mindful of each other. But um, you know, I, I was I was really happy with the way the guys played, and um, yeah, we held some guys out, but a lot of the guys got some work, and got about 25 plays of even thud work. And, um, but uh, offense did well. Defense had some really good things too. And, um, you know, it's easy to say that if we would have played certain guys, the defense would have done better. But uh, these guys are only one play away from being in the game. So um, we saw a lot of missed tackles, and that happens, but not as much as I thought after the game. You know what I mean? I think uh, it's hard to tackle guys in space, and then uh, but I, I like the other 11 guys getting there when the guy missed. So... Um, had a few big plays, but not not anything too crazy that we can't fix on defense, and I thought, I, I really liked what I saw.
2: You called Jaron the leader of the quarterbacks earlier on in spring. Mm. Did his performance kind of solidify his spot?
5: Um, yeah, and it's just not just that one. Um, I mean, he's been doing that all all spring, and um, yeah, he's, he's about a year from being back from his mission, so his legs are feeling fresh, and I was glad to see him running around today, and that's a huge uh, weapon that he has, and we're going to be uh, able to use it, you know, and, and have him um, use his legs to extend plays and, and use that, his athleticism in space. So I, I also like the way he threw the ball. I thought he was pretty efficient. Um, yeah, and so I, I really like the way he threw. I, overall, I think he played really well, I think it's going to be um, really interesting when we get to the fall.
3: What do, you want to, oh, sorry. what do you want to see out of your players this last week of, of camp?
5: Um, I kind of said on Saturday, you know, we want to keep using these practices to get better. And I think um, that's why I like doing these three after the scrimmage. We can see the film and, and get, get some corrections made. And then guys can really see um, the things that they can work on in the next three practices, whether it's technique, fundamentals, assignment, you know, learning their assignments and um, we'll be able to do 11 on 11. I, I think we'll probably do some live stuff on Thursday and, um, just because, you know, I think it would be a good, good way to end it. And there's some guys, uh, younger guys, that need more tackling and see how much they can improve from from Saturday till Thursday. But uh, other than that, I think, um, yeah, they're doing exactly what we want. We want to see this springboard them into the offseason and, and be able to uh, use it going into the PRPs and have our players run, run those practices the way that we did spring ball
3: you feel like the defense came out today made a little chip after giving up what six touchdowns and like 500 yards or whatever because those guys are prideful and, you know they don't want, they don't want, they don't want to be to give up that type of stuff even though they did do yeah some good things it was
5: mostly guys like Kyris and Diane and the guys that didn't get to play you know that were kind of frustrated and Isaiah and Austin all those guys that felt like they weren't represented well with the defense but um, like I said the a lot of these guys are one play away from being on the field. And obviously, you know, we, we need more depth. We need to get uh, the quality needs to get better. And those guys need to be ready to play. And in order to, to get them ready, they have to have this opportunity to play live reps and and even get embarrassed at times. You know, And I'd rather do it now than, than in August and September. So uh, we're working on that. And, and, and that's why I think we're, we need to go a little bit live on Thursday just to get uh, some of these young guys uh, another chance to, to redeem themselves from what happened on Saturday. Of I think it's just the way he's raised, you know, that, that he just really wants to be on that field, he loves his team, loves his university and um, I'm excited to see him perform, you know, I just um, he's had some live work and he's been uh, he's been, you know, he's been, uh, I think he's had tons of playing time, so it's not like we need him to see how he, he can perform when things are live, but I think just getting in the mix of things and being around the team and Getting that camaraderie with the group is going to, is really important for him, and that's why we're utilizing all the time that we can to to get guys like Kavika and others in tune with this team.
2: Has it been a pretty healthy spring overall?
5: Yeah, I mean we've had a few injuries here and there, and, and we'll have to deal with that. But I, I don't know if it's um, I, I don't know. I, I, we have to still evaluate some things. and got some MRIs done, but um, this is the best way to get get them ready and. It's unfortunate football is a, is a physical and violent sport and sometimes injuries happen and we're trying to minimize as many injuries as possible with the weight room and the way we condition these guys, but um, when you have 22 guys out there on the field hitting each other, you know, with refs in the way once in a while, then, then it, it, bad things can happen, but I think for the most part, coaches and, and the players are really smart with the way they practice together and I think I think we try to keep it to the minimum as, as much as possible.
3: Kristen, come out
1: of it okay after...
5: Yeah, I think he's going to be okay. I, uh, from what we know, it's no surgery required, so he's going to be okay. And I think all the injuries that we had, there, no one needs to have surgery, so that's a that's a positive, right? Sorry. And yeah, we it's see- what we prayed for. So it's all good. It's all good.
3: <laughs> we got to see the little special teams work. Some of the guys kicking field goals and doing some stuff. Talk about the yeah. development of that particular part of the game.
5: Um, well, it was, it was nice to see um, Skyler and Jake compete. You know. And, uh, we're going to continue that that competition. See how it goes. Um, probably into fall in the off season, going into the fall. And it's good to have two quality kickers that uh, have played in, um, in games, you know, and, and have won games. And so um, we'll see what happens with Skyler and with Jake to make. So, so what happens? I, I, I think that still that's still up for grabs and I, the punting. is something that we still need to look at, you know. And, um, and then I think with uh, the punt returns, we'll, we'll kind of look at that too. So I love Micah, and I love that he wants to keep trying, but um, our, our probably our starting punt returners were on our punt team at that time. And so people keep asking me, usually mostly family, why we kept doing that to Micah. And The thing is we traded him out because I love Micah, and I just wanted him to, to fight through it, you know. And, it can be ugly, but he's just got to find a way to get done, get it done, and so we pulled, we pulled him out, and then we kicked a regular traditional punt when he wasn't in there. So he was really thankful for that one. Yeah, you know, the rest of it were um, a rugby style that you know the ball moves a lot, and it was a little windy. You know, we had the wind at our back, and, and so it's it's really difficult to catch those. If you haven't tried it, you should try just to see it. And it's a good thing he had a face mask on when that hit him. in the face. Oh, I but I love him. He, he's a great sport about it, but. Yeah, we we, we kind of know who our punt returners are, kick returners. We're working on our punt and our kicking game still, and I think we have ca- candidates. It's just a matter of who's going to win the spot.
4: Tyler Algiers, is the running back that we saw the most. When you watched film, what did you like from what you saw from
5: him? Well, he's a lot bigger than he was in the fall, and and that that's credit to him and, and the and the the strength room that you know him working hard and working with our nutritionist, putting building a lot of muscle mass. But um, he's aggressive. He's he's running more patient now. It's crazy, just, uh, you know, the the experience that he had playing those four games uh, really helped him settle in a little bit, be a little bit more patient, wait for his blocks and let him develop. And so he's a smarter runner now, and Coach Stewart's done a great job with that position group. I I liked what I saw from him, and made some guys missed too, you know, and Morgan Piper's coming along, and we'll see how this thing rolls. But I feel really good with our offense. Uh, Even with the guys that are gone, I, I like the receivers with Micah and, but all jokes aside, Micah's doing a great job leading that group, and Neil Neal was coming along. He's bigger, and Dex Mill's starting to develop the talent way, and there's a lot of guys stepping up Gunnar Romney, so it's going to be a lot of fun once we get Matt and Maleva and the whole group and Zach and the whole group back together. And defensively, we should be better when the, those guys get healthy too.
2: There you go, Kalani Sitake and it's always good to catch up with the head coach, and he was joking with us before that, hey, I need to get this interview over with. I've got to go watch Jimmer, and I don't know if he actually ultimately went to the game. We saw Dave Rose on the front row last night, and Jimmer's uh, debut in Utah to returning to the NBA with the Phoenix Suns, uh, went one of 10 for six points total. He was gunning right there at the end of the game, and it was cool to see Jimmer back on the court. Hopefully, he can start making shots consistently, because this amounts to pretty much a 10-game tryout that he has with the Phoenix Suns, trying to remain in the NBA, and and hopefully all goes well going forward for him. All right, we will take a timeout here come back on the other side. Need to talk some more BYU football, some other news and notes. We also hear from Aaron Roderick, BYU passing game coordinator and quarterbacks coach. He spoke to the media yesterday as well. We'll get his thoughts in the next segment. A reminder for you guys before we do that though, subscribe to the show to get Locked On Cougars on the new Himalaya podcast app. It's a great app. It just launched. It's got a lot of podcasts out there, but the Locked On Podcast Network is proud to be partnered with them. In an ever-expanding podcast world, you need Himalaya with their personally curated playlists and new features being added every day. Download Himalaya at your app store and subscribe to Locked On Cougars.
0: It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months,
2: Welcome back to Locked On Cougars. Thanks again for joining us on this Tuesday edition of the show. A lot of BYU football today, recapping day 13 of spring ball for the Cougars. And I have to say, just on a personal note, I really feel like a lot of good work has been done for BYU in the spring period. I know the headliners, guys like Matt Bushman, Aleva Hefo, Zach Wilson have all been out. A lot of guys on defense as well have been limited, but I feel like BYU has really done good work in reestablishing their depth. So, so I think that it's been a very positive spring uh, ball period, a spring camp period for BYU football, and I think the coaches would agree with that. They got a lot of work with younger players trying to develop the depth chart. And a couple of guys that stood out to me yesterday that have stood out throughout fall camp and that I'm t- speaking on the defensive side of the ball. We talked a lot of offense last time last segment. I really liked what Herkley Lawtoo did yesterday. He blew up a screen, came downhill and registered a Whistle tackle—they don't really—they do a thud tackle where you hit the guy and then they're considered down according to the officials. But I really like what he's doing. Max Tooley continues to play extremely well for BYU as well. Uh, both of these kids are local products. Oh, are not local products. Herkley 2 is a Kahuku High School product, but both of them have been playing extremely well. Jackson Kafusi is kind of filling that Mike or middle linebacker role for BYU, and I've liked what he has shown. But I really feel like that position is tailor-made for his older brother. Isaiah, once he's fully cleared to return to action later this summer and on into to fall camp, uh, the offensive line yesterday without Tristan Hodge uh, featured a first-team lineup of Brady Christensen at left tackle, Chandon Herring at left guard, James Empey at center, Kiefer Longson at right guard, replacing Tristan Hodge, and then Harris LeChance at right tackle. I had a chance to catch up with LeChance after practice. We'll play that interview later this week. Got some of his thoughts on kind of moving into that first team spot at right tackle extremely athletic young man I think he's gonna be a good player for BYU it took him a little while to get back uh, from his mission to get his legs underneath him but he looks like one of the better offensive linemen along this offensive line and I have to say BYU's offensive line you heard it from Hans Olsen yesterday he believes that BYU's offensive line will be the best offensive line in the state of Utah this year both Utah State and Utah saw mass graduations along their offensive line BYU only graduated one guy Austin Hoyt so it, it kind of goes by default but I really feel like BYU's offensive line can be a massive massive part of their success this year you've got a freshman all American at center you had a guy who was a candidate for all American teams at left tackle Tristan Hodge has been steady Chandon Herring I really feel like he's been a revelation this spring I think he's really made that left guard spot his own and I think he He'll be the starting left guard barring injury or somebody else showing up really well coming up this fall camp. Uh, Harris LeChance, I think has got the lock on the right tackle spot I think going into the summer. I think he'll be that first string right tackle. He has plenty of competition though. Guys like Thomas Schof and Keanu Saliapaga have gotten plenty of work there. So there's a lot of yet to be determined where where BYU goes with that offensive line, but I really feel like they have lots of options. They could go potentially 10 deep this year and really have a nice rotation. I know that Jeff Grimes is really favorite having five guys who really carry the load, but the nice part is he's got quality depth along the offensive line, and that's been a credit to Kalani Satake and his staff in terms of recruiting and developing that talent. All right, let's talk with BYU passing game coordinator Aaron Roderick. The media caught up with him yesterday to get his thoughts on the quarterback situation. Zach Wilson kind of still working on the sidelines with him, etc. Some good thoughts from Aaron Roderick. He's always thoughtful when he speaks with the media. You ask him a question, he'll give you a good answer. So here you go. BYU passing game coordinator and quarterbacks coach Aaron Roderick with the media yesterday. What do you think the main goal is for the rest of the week following up on the scrimmage?
4: Um, Just the same as it has been all the other practices we got to get better every day. Um, You only get you only get 15 practices in spring and you get 29 in the fall before your first game so every single one is extremely important. got make the most of it is Has
5: so, your evaluation of the
4: quarterbacks changed over the course of the last few weeks as you've gone through practice and Well, it evolves every day. I mean, just, you know, the, each day there's a larger body of work to evaluate. And so, yeah, it, it ebbs and flows, but, yeah, it's, it's constantly evolving for sure. After you watched the, the film from the spring scrimmage, what did you think of Deer and Hall? He had a good scrimmage. He played really well. He was very efficient, scored every time, every drive he was in, we scored. Um, his, you know, statistically, he played well, but it was it was more than that. He just he made some plays that don't show up in the stats, did some really smart things, made some accurate throws, and uh, you can see he's a good athlete. He can, he's, he's one of the best athletes on this team.
3: Any concern about the
4: excessive running with the quarterback? Just. no No. I mean that I've always liked running the quarterback you know when I was when I coached up the road we ran the quarterback a lot I think it's a great equalizer for defenses Um, we don't want to be foolish about it and I coach the quarterbacks Um, we talk every day about which situations in a game you want to avoid hits and which situations in a game are acceptable to go get everything you can and uh, we're constantly talking about that but quarterback run game is definitely gonna be a part of what we do. What's been the impact of having Zach
2: Wilson on the side during spring but still in watching film and doing all that stuff you guys
4: it's been you know it obviously would be better if he was playing but as far as he's made the most of what he can do every day. He's he's such a football junkie that he's out here, you know, coaching guys and talking to me and talking to the other quarterbacks every single play he's engaged in what's going on. I saw him today helping a couple of young running backs um he's as involved as he can be and uh i have no no worries about his mental preparation at all would you say that's something you you guys as coaches encouraged him to do when you knew he was getting surgery
3: or did he kind of take that upon himself
4: it's just how he is anyway i mean i would encourage it if i needed to but i don't i don't have to it's just who he is he he's i mean he he sends me film clips at 11 o'clock at night from the Kansas City Chiefs or somebody who ran some play that he likes. He's just like football all the time.
5: When you guys reconvene for fall camp, I guess end of July, how would you, maybe
3: this is too far down the road to even answer this question, but as far as divvying up the reps and things between the quarterbacks, are you going to start from kind of like, okay, it's kind of open or is
5: Zach, the guy, and you're just going to. Give the guys backups, reps, or how do
4: you approach that? I think Zach played well enough last year to st- start out as our number one guy, and uh, Jaron right now Jaron's number two, and um, you know it's. But everybody in this whole program knows that every day you're you got to perform to keep your job, and there's always some there's always competition at every position, so we're always going to allow for competition. That's how Zach got the job last year. He he just kept getting a little better every day. It wasn't. Tanner didn't, like, do anything bad. It was just Tanner was actually playing pretty well, but Zach just kept getting a little better and a little better, and eventually um, we felt like it was time to give him a chance. And so he should know from the experience of earning that job that he'll have people nipping at his heels as well. And it's, I think it's great for everybody. It makes, it makes us better. And uh, the other thing is it's hard to go a whole season with one quarterback. It just is. These guys all have a great attitude about that. They know it, and they, they work well together to make each other better. There's a good chance we'll need, need guys to step up at some point.
2: On the whole, what were some of the takeaways from the scrimmage after reviewing the film?
4: Um, well, there's always things to improve upon, but I just thought that we look more like the offense that we want to be. We're going in the right direction. We want to be an attacking, down the field, Offense. we want to throw the ball down the field we want to be in attack mode all the time we're not this year you know we don't want to we're not interested in just trying to keep the game close and protect our defense and hang around and hope to win a close game we want to we want to put the pedal down and be a great offense and so we're challenging our guys to do that we're not there yet but um, that's the goal
2: There you go, Aaron Roderick. Thank him for taking the time. And you can tell that Zach Wilson, he's just an absolute football junkie. Sending clips of Kansas City Chiefs plays with Patrick Mahomes to Aaron Roderick at 11 o'clock at night. I think it's a good sign for BYU. They found a guy who loves football, and that's not to denigrate any other quarterback who's been in the program recently, but Zach Wilson, football is his life. He lives to play the game. He watches film all the time, and he is locked in. His dad and his younger brother, Josh Wilson, who was offered by BYU just about a week ago or so, were both in attendance at practice yesterday, taking in the sights and the sounds. Uh, Josh was getting loved up by the coaches. Of course, Mike Wilson, Zach, and Josh's his dad former Utah player was right there in the mix talking to everybody and was cool to see them out there uh, a couple other players that were on the hand yesterday included Andrew Gentry the star left the left tackle prospect out of Columbine High School in Colorado a four-star prospect an absolute must-get for BYU in my mind stayed through the weekend to watch BYU and check things out at practice on Monday and also uh, 2020 class quarterback Sol J Mayava former Kahuku High school product now playing his prep ball in the Washington DC area. He was on hand yesterday along with Raider DeMooney, who is the son of BYU staffer Jack DeMooney. Both were on hand, taken in practice. Soljay Mayava has got all kinds of offers. Of course, he was offered by Jim Harbaugh, the head coach of Michigan, as an eighth grader after standing out at a camp that Harbaugh was running. So cool to see that. Maeva has a, has a long way to go in terms of his recruitment where he ends up, but BYU is absolutely making a push for him, and it was good to see him out there. He's getting loved up. Guys like Herkley Law, too, were over talking to him. Fessy Satake was over talking to him. So a good day in terms of the recruiting recruiting ranks for BYU. A lot of high-level prospects on hand, and the coaches and players doing their part to give them some love and really make them feel like they're a priority and a, a they're they're part of the team I guess is the easiest way to say it so cool to see that and thanks to Aaron Roderick for talking about the quarterbacks and Zach Wilson uh, coming off that scrimmage and also getting Zach Wilson back into play but he, he also one other note I forgot to mention this you heard him say it Zach Wilson will be the number one entering fall camp number two Jaron Hall and I think that's very easy to see Jaron Hall has been awesome this spring and it's not to say anything against uh, Joe Critchlow or Baylor Romney they both have made multiple plays but the most consistent And the best quarterback in spring ball that's been participating has been Jaron Hall. And I firmly believe that he will give Zach Wilson everything he can handle come fall camp. Alright, we will take another time out here. We'll come back on the other side, catch up on the other news and notes when it comes to BYU sports. Also talk about BYU baseball and softball in action today. That's all coming up next right here on Locked On Cougars. And before we go, a reminder for you guys that the Locked On Podcast Network has just relaunched the MLB arm of the Locked On Podcast Network. If your favorite baseball teams, Red Sox, Yankees, in my case, the Mariners who suck, well, you can catch up on them in 15 minutes or less every day with the brand new Locked On Major League Baseball podcast. Find your favorite baseball teams, Locked On, Himalaya, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On, your favorite team. In my case, it'd be Locked On Mariners, but you can check it out, guys. Brand new channel just launched. Check it out, Locked On MLB Show. A lot of baseball content with opening day just days away. Check it out. This is Locked On Cougars. We'll be back in
0: that's kabotaorangedays.com.
2: As we close out today's edition of Locked On Cougars, I want to thank you guys for your continued support of the show. Thanks for downloading us. If you're new to the show, thanks for taking the time to check it out. Hopefully it becomes a new podcast home for you. where We are your daily source for all things BYU news in podcast form. A lot to get to as a recap, everything that happened in BYU sports outside of football yesterday, but a tough loss, BYU women's basketball. Their season comes to an end in a 72-63 to 63 loss in number two seed Stanford in the NCAA Tournament second round. That happened late last night. Uh, Tough loss for the Cougars but I think the future is very, very bright. Shaylee Gonzalez had a career best 32 points in the loss. This women's basketball team, guys, I think it's going to be a top 25 caliber team entering next year and I think Jeff Judkins has done incredible work and this program is set up to succeed. I know the men's side of things with men's basketball there's still a lot of rumors swirling about I do know there's been extensive conversations between BYU administration and Dave Rose about his own tenure the tenure of his assistant coaches I think there's still a lot to be determined but like I said previously there's something broken in the BYU basketball program and they've got to figure it out I don't know that ultimately the firing and hiring people is going to be the right answer but we'll see what happens there but BYU women's basketball the future is very bright there uh, women's Gymnastics. They'll be headed to the NCAA Regionals in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. The number 17 ranked BYU Cougars will be competing against host LSU, number 6 Utah, number 11 Minnesota, and Arkansas. That'll be Friday, April 5th at uh, 2 o'clock Central Time. That'll be 1 o'clock Mountain Time. Um, LSU, number 14 Auburn, Arizona State, and the winner of Lindenwood and George Washington also will be competing in this. The top two teams from each session then will compete Saturday, April 6th for a to make it to the NCAA Finals. Uh, BYU faces long odds here, but they've been a great program all year long, and I'm sure guard Young will have Shannon Evans and the rest of her teammates ready to go. In women's volleyball news, some good news for the Cougars is that head coach Heather Olmsted from BYU Women's Volleyball Program and sophomore middle blocker Heather Knighting are set to represent the United States and the Cougars on the U.S. collegiate national team that heads to Japan in mid to late May. Olmsted will actually be the head coach of Team. USA while Nighting participates as one of the 12 players selected from selected from top colleges across the nation. Also, U- BYU women's volleyball trainer Dan Graham will be the team trainer as they tour through Japan. So congratulations on that honor for Coach Olmstead and also for Heather Knighting. One final note for you before we go is if you want to watch the Cougars in action, you have two chances to do so. That is the BYU softball program plays their first in-state games of the season, but they are on the road. They're just across the valley, taking on Utah Valley at Wolverine Field as the double header at 2 o'clock and 4 o'clock at Wolverine Field in Orem, Utah. You can watch both games streaming live on the WAC Digital Network. You can get a link to that on the BYU Cougars homepage. And also BYU Baseball. They host Pac-12 foe Oregon at Miller Park tonight at 6 o'clock Mountain Time. Weather should be absolutely spectacular here along the Wasatch Front. Supposed to be in the upper 60s today. Should be awesome weather. BYU TV Digital will have this game, so it'll be streaming online. Also broadcast on BYU Radio. And of course, you can get tickets by going to BYUcougars.com or Tickets.com. So two opportunities to see the Cougars baseball and softball programs. Three opportunities, I guess, technically with a double header for softball, but go out and support the Cougars. Hopefully they come home with three wins today in those three contests. There you go. That's the podcast for today. Thanks again for joining me. It's been a blast to bring it to you as, ever, as always. And a reminder for you guys, before I go, Locked On Cougars is now on the new Himalaya podcast app. Check it out it's a great app new features being added every day and of course we're available everywhere else podcasts can be found apple Podcasts, spotify google podcasts anywhere you find podcasts locked on cougars can be found also tell your smart device when you get in your vehicle tell it play podcast locked on cougars and you'll always be in the know when it comes to byu athletics thanks again for joining me this has been locked on cougars for march 26th 2019